Today on Lockdown Red Wings, interweaving Derek Lalonde's media availability thoughts into yesterday's brutal loss against the New Jersey Devils, as well as uh, previewing the first matchup against the Boston Bruins this season. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. And Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News as well as a uh, the host of Locked On Tigers. And today we're going to talk about a little bit more the Red Wings loss that happened on, I said yesterday in the cold open. It's yesterday to us as of recording this, but the loss that happened on uh, Tuesday night against the New Jersey Devils, 6-2, to two, is it, they were just dominating all three zones. And, you know, Derek Lillon spoke a little bit about it and the reality check that it served during media availability, during practice, after practice on Wednesday. So we'll talk about his thoughts as well. And then we'll finish out the episode talking about uh, the first game of the season against the Boston Bruins, the first of four but Scotty, we, let's talk about that game a little bit more. And it just, it was, I, I don't know how else to say it, but it was just a brutal loss in all three zones. There wasn't one area of this, of the game. I thought that they played well. The one silver lining being, oh boy, Dominic Kubli got two more points, but what good does that really do when the team as a whole plays like crap? Yeah, it, it was all three facets were absolutely horrific, obviously, but I think the one thing that really stood out to me was, I don't know, man. I, I think the fact that there were so many turnovers, like it was alarming how many turnovers there were constantly over and over and over again in our zone. First or something like that. Ridiculous. Alone talked about it. Yeah. In our zone, in the neutral zone, in the opponent's zone, it didn't matter Everywhere on the ice, it was turnover after turnover after turnover. And it was the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. I, I There are a few hockey games, regular season hockey games, I have watched in, in my lifetime that made me as frustrated as, well, yeah, two nights ago as a game did. Just because of, I, I mean, it seemed like they couldn't complete a pass. Like, that's how bad it was. I, I've... I haven't seen anything like it outside of the, what, 1920 season? Outside of that season, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a Wings team struggle to literally just put the puck on a teammate's stick as much as they did in that game. Well, and Derek Lalonde spoke about that during his media availability on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday rather, that they just – the reason why there are so many giveaways and why there were so many turnovers in the game is that, and he saw it and he kind of warned us. And even he kind of patted himself on the back um, that he warned us. He's right. like, the team got off to a hot start and they started to get a little lackadaisical. They started to take risks where they couldn't. And he said, so in the media availability that the team isn't good enough to make those kind of mistakes. And I, I completely agree. He says, if this team wants to compete, they have to be a hundred percent on top of their game the entire time. Cause they are not good enough. He said this in a media availability, they are not good enough to make mistakes and still come out on top, which is a really hard truth to hear. 
Um, and I, I spoke a little bit about it on yesterday's episode near the end that before the game happened, he talked about pumping the brakes on the team's hot start and how I thought at the time was a little bit of a bummer to hear because of how well they were playing and for him to come out and be like, calm down guys. They're not a top end team he says we, we might not even be a middle of the pack team. That was hard to hear as well. And then he, the wings go out there and lay a giant egg against the devils who again had great underlying numbers. And it was just the Red Wings are finally on the receiving end of that team, bringing it all together. But I mean, it's a harsh truth to hear, but I respect the hell out of Derek alone for saying it. And I, I will continue to say this. And I know you say that Jeff Blaschel um, was on honest too. I heard a lot more coach speak out of him, but he was honest at times too. But Derek alone, I hardly hear any coach speak out of him. It's just straight really? facts when he talks, but he doesn't pump you up and make you think that this team is something that they're not. And he doesn't be like, Oh, well, we're playing well right now. So we're just going to keep going. Like, I mean, he did say that basically why that's why Australia wasn't playing, but he wasn't saying it in terms of but just to say things to say things. Even he, with Australia. Right. Even with Australia, I mean, he said that it, it bothers him that he hasn't been able to get him more playing time. But at, like it, it's a it's a frank conversation. It's a frank comment, like a very blunt comment, as you put. But in the same breath, it's still like you, like you can you can still see his logic behind everything and and. It's still like he very much cares about the players too. Like it's not just yeah. bluntness, just to be blunt, and just like be an a hole. Like he's like, yeah, it really sucks. Like he's like, I'm desperately trying to find a way to get Australia into the lineup. It really sucks. It's, uh, and, and he was super just straightforward about the fact that he's really frustrated that he hasn't been able to do it. But like at the end of the day, you, you're we, we didn't have a regulation loss until last night. Like yeah. you're gonna keep putting out a lineup that wins games. So like maybe now is an opportunity for for some mixing to happen and, and maybe some more line combinations and, and, uh, and defensive pairings and, you know, healthy scratches getting opportunities, maybe all of that we can now start seeing. But at the beginning, it wasn't like he was just being, you know, strict and straightforward just to do it. Like it was working. So yeah, like he, he's, of course he's going to continue doing it. No, absolutely. And, and that's a, something that he said, he's not like superstitious, but that is something he's a little stitious. He's a little stitious. <laughs> nice. Um, he's not superstitious, but when something's working, he's not going to change it. And that, that I completely respect. And it sucks for Jordan Osterley in this case, but he like even joked. He's like, I haven't washed this sweater in five days because right. we're winning. So I'm not going to change up my routine, but talking about the game or the outcome, not the outcome, but the, the response to that game rather, yeah. They lost the worst game that they've played all season long. We've said that multiple times already. And we talked about in the day before that, what the Red Wings have to do to continue to perform that well. Um, and then they did zero of that. Now, how do you respond to that? How do you go out there and come out against a good Boston Bruins team and not lay another egg? Right. I, I mean, and... I said it when a little bit in yesterday's show, but I mean, I mean, I was very vocal, obviously, you know, the, the thing about what we do for a living is there's always tape, right? Like I was very vocal about the fact that I, I thought that the devil's game was as close to a must win game if we've, as we've had so far in this season and not only losing it, but getting, you know, the doors blown off you. And, and that game is, is super discouraging and not something that, that anybody planned on or that anybody wanted, but in the same breath, if you go out and you respond 
really well to that. If you just get right back on the horse, you go out, you punch the Bruins in the mouth and get two points out of them. And and like, again, like, right. The Bruins have been, have been fantastic this year. So I'm not saying that, that, you know, this is like, uh, they're, they're definitely going to rebound and they're definitely going to turn around and then beat Boston. But like, if you can even steal a point from Boston and, and make it a competitive game, I guess my point is just prove to everyone that that was an outlier, right? This that game means nothing to anyone if we don't play like that for the next two months. You know what I mean? Like if, if we're looking at in January, and we no matter where we are in the table, you know, if, no matter where we are in the standings, like if we're if we're looking back in January and and we're assessing play and analyzing where we're at or, you know, heading into the all-star break. If you want to like go all the way forward, like February or whatnot, if we're looking around and like, what, like, wow, that, that game against New Jersey, like that was the only time we looked that bad. And ever since then, we've been a lot more competitive. And, and before that we were obviously great. If you can prove that that game is an outlier, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if it snowballs like the Red Wings teams the last five years have tended to do and, and one loss turns into three, turns into five, and, and you're giving up 42 shots a night, that is where there's a huge problem. And I think that that's where Blashill got a lot of heat in the past for. So this yeah, is really the first big Lalone moment where it's like, okay, you just got absolutely embarrassed at home how does your team with your leadership respond to that? I think there's a really good conversation that could be had between us about our expectations versus the team's expect- expectations for themselves this season, or at, right. least, at least the loans, because I'm of the mindset that there's no more like morale losses, you know, that like that Correct. was a good hard fought loss in my right. eyes. At this point, this team needs to, you go into every night expecting to get at least a point, at least a point. If you're going to lose, you're going to lose and get a point out of it. So, because uh, I want them, the Boston Bruins on paper are a much better team. There's no denying that they got Bergeron back, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt. And you got, well, Marshawn's still injured right now, but they're six gonna and be one. Yeah. Like they, they have, they have, they're six and one, and have I, I want to say like ten more team points than the Red Wings, who have had. We've talked about a great offense to start. Like, yeah. But meanwhile, Lalone wants us to, and I, I'm not bagging on Lalone here. I understand his mindset, and I think that realistically he's accurate. I'm probably just impatient because it's been so long since the Wings have been competitive. But he wants Red Wings fans and the Red Wings media to realize that this team's still a long ways away. And I, I don't know if I have it in me to to, to handle that. You know, it's it, that's a conversation that could, needs to be had because I'm with you. I need the Red Wings to go out there tomorrow and or today by the time they're listening to this and just prove that that loss to the Devils was the outlier, that this is not last year's Red Wings, that they're going to compete hard in every single game. I need to see them compete with the Boston Bruins. Um, when we come back, we're going to continue talking about Derek Lalonde's comments in the uh, media availability from Wednesday's practice. And then segment three, we'll do a full preview of the Boston Bruins matchup. But before we get to any of that, I got to talk to you guys today about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. 
Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Derek Lillian spoke during media availability, and we, t- we talked a little bit about what he said. One of the things he talked about, obviously, was about pumping the brakes. That was from the day before, but also about the reality of what this team is and uh, how he was just kind of, he kind of, I wouldn't say he didn't gloat. That's not the right word, but he came out and he was like, I kind of hinted at it yesterday. But he did give us updates on players and talked about certain players who are struggling on the score sheet. Um, I think first and foremost, the guy we got to talk about is Oscar Sundquist. He is day-to-day. He may not play tomorrow or today, for that matter. Uh, he was questionable going into the game on Tuesday. He convinced Lalone and the coaching staff he could go. Lalone noted that he looked like he was banged up, not playing at full speed. And so it's possible he does not play. Now, that is interesting. Not interesting, but that is notable because one, that means they asked him if that means Jordan Osterley will be playing forward. And he said, which directly contradicts what was said a week ago, but for a different reason, that no, but because they have a heads up that he might not be playing, they could call somebody up from Grand Rapids to fill that hole. And Osterley could play defense. So that means that on the reverse of what we heard last week, where they would go just roll with who, who they have currently. They might actually go for a play with Grand Rapids because this isn't so much of an on-the-fly call. They know ahead of time this player is injured. So my question to you, Scotty, and it was a question I posed last week, is as a winger, who's most liable to get called up? I, so my gut instinct just continues to go back to, I know we're looking for like winger focus, but I, I don't know why with, Verona, Bertuzzi, and Sunquist all out. I think you can very legitimately justify giving solid playing time to Bergeron. And like, I, I think that that's just like where my brain instantly goes. Um, because you, you then again, in that case, you have lost enough in the forward core where you can, you can justify giving Bergeron the pr- playing time that you think he needs to to uh to, to continue to develop and it, even if it's not a long-term thing like okay he's up for a couple of games and he's back down in gr like that's totally legitimate too but i i don't know i i have a hard time thinking with again with all three of those guys out i, I have a hard time thinking of uh so, i mean you could do like a like a traditional two-way guy i guess if you wanted to but uh, like rough i don't know but like i i think that bergeron is is makes a lot of sense to me I agree to a degree. Um, well, that's wow. not kind of cool. Bars. Yeah, that's I agree bars. to a degree. Um, I, I like the idea of calling him up just because I want to see him at the NHL level. And I think with those three guys out that there is a opportunity for him to get legitimate NHL minutes. Plus he'd be waiver exempt. So you don't have to worry about him getting claimed. Right. Um, and normally when you call up guys, and obviously I think the long-term goal is they want him to be able to play center. That's what he's doing down there in Grand Rapids. Yeah, which is the only hesitation I really have. But a lot of times you bring in rookies that play center and you bring them in as wingers to break them into the league. That's how Dylan Larkin started. He was playing winger on the line with Henrik Zetterberg. So there, and from that aspect, it does make sense, but I'm not completely sold on the fact that they, I mean, I'd want him to be getting, you know, I wouldn't want him to just be eight minutes on the fourth line. So I would rather bring up like a Luff at that point or a Zarnik, mm. somebody, someone with a more veteran presence, even a Giovanni Smith. In fact, no, I would I argue that rough. I'm just not realizing. I think I said rough. I didn't even hear it. Lost, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I said rough. 
Um, even a Giovanni Smith, because I feel like this team needed a Giovanni Smith in that Devils game. Somebody to go out there and at least, you know, attempt to get into a fight to put a spark in the lineup. I mean, we all know that I'm always down for that. Yeah. But I, I think I, I think with with Bergeron, like, again, this also is, I think, a conversation of how long whoever they're calling up is going to be here. Wouldn't be long. Yeah. Right. So like in that case, then, yeah. Why, why would you not want to give Bergeron a taste then if it's only a game or two? I, 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 he's waiver exempt. Like, why not? And then he can go back down and, and retake over, you know, getting 20 plus minutes at center down in Grand Rapids, right? When you send him back down. But like, I, I, I think if it's only a game or two, it doesn't matter where he is. Obviously, if you're just calling him up just to healthy him, like that's probably dumb. But if you need someone to, to get playing time, I don't really care where he's playing. If it's only a game or two. Yeah. Like give him, give him a taste of the NHL. I don't know. I, I think that that causes uh, a lot more, Heads to be turned and, and and gives him a lot more of an opportunity to prove himself than than going somewhere else. Now, if it's a long term thing, and whatever Sunquist you you realize needs to be out for I don't know a couple of weeks, or uh, you you want to call up another forward just in general, then that's a totally different conversation. But if it's only a game or two, I don't really see why not. I agree. Um... As far as Raymond and Cop go, he spoke about they both. I can kind of compare them together because they're both kind of going through the same thing right now. Uh, yeah. Lalone talked about how things aren't going well for them right now on the point sheet. He said that Cop's, you know, basically echoing our sentiments where he's doing other things well. He's just not, you know, scoring goals. And with Raymond, you know, he's struggling to get in front of the back of the net and he says he's responding to it wrong. And he said that. Um, in, in the fact that. He wrong? He said that Raymond is responding no, wrong. No, no, no. Is Lalone wrong? No, he's not. Yeah. But like it was just <laughs> again, it goes back to the fact that he's being so blunt. I, I'm yeah. so shocking. He says that the way that Raymond's trying to make up for the fact that he's not succeeding is by putting more effort skating Preston. harder rather than smarter. Yeah, he's playing Preston. overly aggressive and he's so it's causing him to make more uh, lapses in judgment where he needs to take a step back rather. And I thought that was really interesting. And he, he said, I'm not worried about Raymond. He's like, I'm not worried about Raymond in tomorrow's game. I'm worried about Raymond two months from now, two years from now. It's about his development that I'm worried about. Not that he's worried, worried, but like concerned with getting him on the right no, track. For sure. So you, I you thought that was a really his development still. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really good thing to, to hear him say, like he just needs to take a step back and refocus. Like everyone goes through these troubles and he'll, he'll be fine. I like that a lot. Andrew copy was a similar thing. He said that he's trying too hard to fix his mistakes and that's causing him to uh, exponentially grow those mistakes because he's trying to overcorrect. So I'm that that was nice to hear him say that about those players and just like echo the sentiment that he's not worried they'll get it figured out they just need to be able to take a step back and get back to their their roots. He did also add with Cop that you know he missed all of preseason so he's still trying to get into the swing of it. For sure, yeah, that that's a big point that a lot of people um, continuously bring up, which is a totally fair and legitimate point. We're, we're starting to get into territory where that's no longer a point, but right. <laughs> I, I, it is definitely something worth noting just for how early in the season we are still. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so Scotty, do you have any other thoughts on this? These, I don't think so. I, again, I, I just want to reiterate like that. It was, it was such an ugly game that if, if it's an outlier, no one's going to care in, in a couple of weeks, right? If, if it's a one-off thing, everybody's going to get absolutely destroyed sometimes. Every hockey team on the planet has it happen to them every once in a while. If that's all it is and, and we recover nicely and can – I mean, this next stretch is going to prove it in my eyes. I mean, I mean, really, this, uh, we've talked about it a lot on this show. The next five or six games 
are are really tough opponents. That's, this is a tough stretch coming up. So if you can respond to getting destroyed by a likely non-playoff team by stealing points and or winning games from playoff teams, then everyone's going to forget about it pretty quickly. But if you let it snowball and, and let it, you know, I guess define you, if I was tr- trying to be like an inspirational speaker, then that's where we're going to get into trouble. Fair. That's fair. Um, when we come back, we'll get into our game preview against the Boston Bruins. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about what this Red Wings team, and we kind of already have, but really hammer home what this team needs to do to get a victory. Not just steal a point, but if they want to win, what they got to do uh, when we come back. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Let's do a, a game preview here, Scotty, of the game against the Boston Bruins that's going to be happening tonight by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, last season against the Boston Bruins, the Detroit Red Wings went 2-2, two and two, to my surprise. You know, they played 82 games, so you tend to lose. 2-2 two and two, to your surprise. I'm on fire today. You're, totally you're on a roll, dude. He's not a rapper. He's not a rapper. No, no. I'm not a writer either. <laughs> um, that's your job. But they went 2-2 two and two against them last season, and I thought that was surprising because over a course of 82-game season, my recency bias only remembers how that season ended. So when I was like looking up their record, I was like, okay, they probably went like one and three or lost all four. It's like, oh no, they actually, I remember looking at the final scores. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good game. That was, that was a bad game. I remember that what five early five, one loss, the Boston Bruins at that time, we were talking about being the worst game of the season. Huh? Sounds familiar. Um, And then they came back like uh, two weeks later and beat them two to one in Boston. And I think Dylan Larkin has game against capitals that Dylan Larkin had the overtime goal. It's hard to remember all these games, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the here and now, and this Red Wings team is a lot different, and they have a lot to prove. We talked about that in the last segment. They got a lot to prove against the Boston Bruins and to themselves after a horrendous loss to the New Jersey Devils. The Boston Bruins, Scotty, are 6-1 and one to start the season. 6-1. and one. They're 5-0 and oh at home, and you're playing them at TD Gardens in Boston. You got Linus Allmark. Or you have Linus Allmark or Jeremy Swayman who could be in that. Linus Allmark has a 936 save percentage to start the season in six games played, where Jeremy Swayman is got one win and one loss in two games played uh, for a total of seven games between the two of them. I, I hope Jeremy Swayman's playing. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, it was uh, Vanacek in net for the Devils on Tuesday, and he has a horrible save percentage in you know, he made, had yeah, an over 900 in that game. First period. So, yeah. But <laughs> Linus Ulmark is on top of his game to start the season. A big reason why they're playing so well. And not to mention that the Boston Bruins, despite their injuries, are still the Boston Bruins. David Pasternak has 12 points in seven games played. Five goals, seven assists. David Krejci, after a year in re- NHL retirement, at least. I believe he was playing overseas. Eight points in seven games, two goals, six assists. Patrice Bergeron contemplating retirement, comes back on a one-year deal with seven points in seven games. Does this team ever fall off? So here's the craziest thing. Patrice Bergeron, right? He's played in seven games. He already has over 100 face-off wins. Oh, my God. I In seven games. <laughs> I hate the Bruins so He has played much. seven games and has 108 face-off wins. He has just under a 63% face-off win percentage seven games in I mean, they're, and they're doing they, as a team as a team boston has 251 face-off wins <laughs> patrice bergeron is 108 and dude they're doing this without uh marshawn they're doing it without um uh, mcavoy they're just they're yeah. killing well, it i mean and like david pasternak is obviously like that was a, a big conversation this offseason and 
and whatnot. And and here he is with with the Boston Bruins. And yeah, nice little 12 points in seven games, almost six and six. He's got five and seven for goals and assists. Like, I mean, this is a, a team that no, they, they don't fall off. And one of the things that's really scary for me is we keep having the, the face-off percentage conversation. As a team, the Boston Bruins face-off win percentage is almost 59%. As a team. That is does not bode well. That, that's what the as the kids say. That does not bode super not well. Um, I, I mean, this is and, and it's such an experienced team. And like we talk about, this is this is this Red Wings group. Like I guess every team, it's technically their sixth or seventh game together or whatever. But like this is such a dramatically and drastically different Red Wings team than a year ago. That like the fact that. They're going up against such an experienced team and, and whatnot. I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely not going to go into this game expecting a victory or really even expecting to take points. But again, based on how you looked in New Jersey, it's, it's kind of imperative that you at least show some fight and play in a close game. And at the end of the day, like a loss is a loss. But this is, this is a, a game that you can really reassert yourself and reprove to your fan base that like, Hey, we, we are actually here. And that was kind of a one-off bad thing. Yeah. I mean, the Red Wings are 30th in the league in faceoff one percentage with 41.9 and the Boston Bruins are currently first with 58.5. So if you want, if you want to do anything to help yourself compete in this game, it is win face-offs. Like you have got to win face-offs against the Boston Bruins. If you want to have an opportunity to do this, like that's going to be a real, if you want to label an X factor, I'd label that the X factor, everything else, everything else you obviously have to do. Like the special teams has to get back on track. Power play has to get going again. No more shorthanded goals, the penalty kill. You got to get that back going. Uh, Obviously against the devils, they've let up their first power play. Uh, goal of the season. I believe they're still up there, though. They're fourth now after letting up one penalty kill goal um, or power play goal against, rather. They're still fourth. So that's still doing well overall, but the power play's got to get back on track. Five on five, they got to figure it out. There's so much that this Red Wings team has got to do to prove themselves against a good team against the Boston Bruins. But if you can go into Boston and not just like, I don't even want to see them steal a win or steal a point, Scotty. Like, if they stole a point, I'd be happy. But if they're no, stealing it, that implies look like you belong on the yes. ice with them. <laughs> if, if you if because stealing a point implies that you didn't really deserve it like against right, like in, in LA, la you didn't really deserve that LA. point larkin went god mode at the last possible right. second if you go in there and you earn a point or you earn two points then i'll say okay this red wings team nothing to panic about yet the the cracks can be you know sealed so to speak yeah no i mean like i said this is an opportunity for you to right or wrong this is an opportunity to I, I mean some people were talking crazy after the devil's game they're like this team still sucks like it's just the wings from last year this team's gonna be in the conversation for bedard like like I, I, after like one bad game like you can reprove to this entire fan base that like hey no that was a one-off thing that this this team is actually here or you can continue the slippery slope yeah, I mean, those are your two options. It's I just hope that that for our sake that that doesn't happen. We're we're obviously no, not of obviously that belief. We, we want to see him win. I'm tired of I don't I don't care if if Bedard is you know McDavid 2.0. I don't really care. Like I'm I'm ready to we we've been there done that. We never won in the lottery. Let's just try and like build a winner and and I, I'm rooting for us to win every game now. 
Um, I, I completely agree with you. I think that the biggest thing is face-offs. Um, but I mean, the, like this team, this Boston Bruins team is so complete. And the only question with them coming into this season was just like, oh, the Boston Bruins are, are another year older. Like, will they be able to maintain it? And so far, it, it looks like they absolutely will. So th this is a complete team, great special teams, fantastic penalty kills so far this year, great power play so far this year. I think they're at like 20% on the power play and have only given up two penalty kill goals. I mean, th this is – it's going to take a complete victory. Uh, and then you have to keep it rolling because, again, you have a tough like five or six games in a row. So starting yeah. off with, uh, with another beatdown would not be great. No, absolutely. And so my follow my following questions as the last two that I have in the episode, uh, one would be if you had to pick a player to be your difference maker in this game, who do you think it would be? It's a great question. I I, I kind of want to go with part of me just wants to say Raymond just because he's been I was gonna say the same know, thing kind of slow getting off it, but I almost don't even want to just because like I I don't know. Like, how much is he really going to change? Is he just going to completely be a com like totally different hockey player from the first six games of the season all overnight? Like, probably not. I, I think. Hmm, I kind of want to go with. Well, I don't I'm know. Going... Like, it's weird to just like keep riding Kubalik and go no, like no, no, he's no. been such a prominent part of the offense that like if we're going to take down Boston, it's probably going to have to do with Kubelik staying hot and our biggest point producer so far continuing to produce points. No, I mean, that's fair because if you combine that with me going with Lucas Raymond, because that's the guy I was going to go with, and go. I'm not saying that Lucas Raymond is going to turn it all around and have a highlight real game, but if he can get on the score sheet, preferably with a goal, I think that'll go a long way, not just to turn his own mental mindset around, but to get the team going as well. I mean, that's it. That would be his first goal of the season. And I think it would, drive momentum obviously and you couple that like i said with kubalik who would continue his tear he's leading the team in points goals um and power and and assists is he really leading the team in assists as well he's crazy he's, he's seventh in he's seventh in the league with points right now at 10 so yeah. he's uh he's been a great start to the season for dominic kubalik lucas raymond a little bit of a slow start you get both those guys going you have a pretty good shot of winning that game now my last question is in lieu of a Final score prediction, because why would we ever not pick the Red Wings to win? I went to betonline.net, and I was taking a peek at the uh, over-under over goals. because bet I'm never gonna, Oh, bet online. I'm never going to do the puck line, because it's always set to one and a half, because there's yeah. always empty nets that they yeah, have. Yeah, the same way. So it's the over-under on bet online as of 4.51 p.m. on Wednesday, because this could shift. But 4.51 p.m. on Wednesday, as of recording this, it set it to a solid six. Are you taking the over or the under on this game? Goals scored? Goals scored. I'll take the over on six. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. The Red Wings have failed to score. Red Wings have, in even game. in games that they've got blown out and, and have looked terrible, they're still putting up, you know, decent goal, you know, two goals on, in, in New Jersey or against New Jersey. Given how bad they played, it's still something, and that's their lowest goal total of the season. Yeah, give them. I, I'll take yeah I'll I with how this defense is with the fact that Boston's better and it probably means that we're going to go score goals and still lose like absolutely yeah I would definitely take the over yeah take the over so that means they have to get a combined seven goals so it'd be a four yeah. three total I mean any it could be any total Empty but matter at the end why yeah, not? yeah that could make the huge difference I think that seven goal total is is easy to hit so I'm taking the over as well because either Red Wings are going to come out respond huge 
and have a great game and score a lot of goals while also giving up a couple, or the Boston Bruins are going to run right over you and you're going to, they're going to score a lot of goals and you'll get a couple. I don't see this being any other way, you know, yep. I think it's going to be a high scoring affair regardless. Um, any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode on Fridays. This is Thursday's episode already. Man, do these weeks fly by. Uh, to recap this game against the Boston Bruins, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.